You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with my co-host, John Beeler. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to one of our new stations. Uh, Toronto 640 has picked up not only our Get Connected show, but also our sister show, The App Show, every Saturday. We're excited to have you guys uh, on board. Our show is about uh, getting connected with tech, digital living, smart homes, smart uh, phones. We try to demystify all of that. We try to talk in normal speak as much as we can. Tech for normal people, as you call it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so on our shows, we cover all these different types of uh, tech stories. Uh, you know, Coming up in today's program, for example, we'll be talking about the uh, Google class action suit. Uh, there's three suits being launched here in Canada. They're trying to get them to uh, gather as a class action suit, uh, alleging that uh, Google is trespassing on our digital privacy rights. So uh, we'll be chatting with uh, someone from Greg McMullen Law. Also, how to choose the right processor. It's confusing. I know a lot of kids are going back to school, looking to buy laptops. We're going to demystify all of that for you as well. The big news this week would be all the new Apple announcements, uh, John. And we will be covering those in depth on our sister show, The App Show. So if you want to find out about the new Apple Watch, the new iPads, the new subscription services like uh, Apple Fitness Plus, which is kind of exciting, and how they're bundling them all together, tune into it. You can also check our website out uh, at uh, getconnectedmedia.com to get more info about it uh, as well. But uh, for the Apple users out there, and there's a lot, they have new updates. Uh, iOS 14 for the iPhone, and it's big. And this was actually kind of a surprise, too, because I think a lot of times people expect these new uh, iOS... Well, any of the, any of the Apple products, because it's not just uh, iOS; it's the iPad and it's also the Apple Watch. Those typically uh, get unveiled and launched on the day of the new products. Yes, there was no new iPhones this week. No, which there, was a surprise. Yeah, and so, but they did say that iOS 14 and iPad OS 14 and Watch OS 7 would all be available the next day afterwards. Yes, which actually caused a bit of a problem for developers. Yeah, they they were mad. Yes, because they were all scrambling, thinking they had another week or two to finish their apps to get them up to date uh, and submitted because there is that submission process they still have to go through, right? So, um, but yeah, so now, you know, you should be able to, if you haven't already, uh, just go into your uh, general, uh, in your system settings, go to the general tab and then software update. And you should see an iOS 14 if it hasn't already prompted you, prompted you at some point. So you've been actually using uh, a beta or a test version of it on your iPhone because you're brave. Yes. Uh, what what should people expect? Like this is a, a big update, and it's making your iPhone look different. Yeah, it, it's a it, it's a big update, but it's it's. Um, <coughs> It is a big update, um, but I think under the hood, it's a lot of sort of tidying up, if you will. It's not, there's not a huge amount of new features and things that, uh, you know, you're going to experience. Things are going to look a little differently. Things are going to be um, sort of laid out a little differently. You know, they've changed the fonts. They've changed some of the buttons. They changed some of those types of things. You're going to have things that just work better, like dark mode everywhere. You know, you're going to have uh, a lot more detail on some of the things that you're using as you navigate around. But the home screen's going to look different if you want. Yes, if you want. 
and and we've talked about this uh, on previous episodes but some of the changes that you have you have basically the uh the ability to customize your home screen you can put widgets on there now so you can put the weather you can put your favorite photos you can put a clock you know if you've ever used an android phone you're you're aware of what this looks like steve jobs is rolling over in his grave right now yes yeah yeah but the the nicest thing that i think that people are going to find is is this whole cleaning up of your apps um, we, and again, we've talked about this in the past uh, with the betas, and but iOS 14 and iPad OS um, cleans up all of your apps and gives you the idea to use a, an app library, basically a quick search that just searches your local device, doesn't search the internet, doesn't search the app store. It's just like, these are all the apps that you have installed. And you basically don't need to have you know screen after screen or folder after folder of all your apps anymore. So like an Android phone. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but you've been using it overall. You like uh, it? It's been great. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's the, the. I will say there is a ton of things that Apple does that they don't even document, and so every once in a while I'll be using my phone and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know it was going to do that, and I try to keep on top of these things. There's there's a number of uh, YouTubers out there that they have these giant videos, fifty new things in each beta that was released. I'm like. And you just did this video in like 10 minutes. Yeah. And like, how do you know all these changes? Because some of them are, are really subtle. Like, you know, they changed the font of this thing or they made this little tiny button even smaller. I'm like, how did you even notice that? But, you know, because Apple doesn't even document half of these things. No. And so it's, it's more of these people are just on top of it. They're exploring it. But I think overall, people will have a much better experience. Um, we're also seeing them setting the stage for Apple Silicon with this unification of the uh, sort of the mobile operating systems and the desktop operating system. When you say Apple Silicon, they're going to make their own chips for everything. That's right. So they're yeah. not going to use Intel chips in their MacBooks anymore. Correct. Yeah. So we're expecting expecting to see some new uh, computing devices. Unclear if it's going to be a MacBook or an iMac or something else that is not using Intel inside, as you said, um, but we're just not sure what it's going to be yet. Um, the developer kit that people can get now, if you're a developer, is uh, basically a Mac mini with this Al uh, Apple Silicone chipset inside it. So they're already trying it out and figuring it out. They're giving it out to the, or they're selling it to developers to use, but they have to give it back. You're tuned in to Get Connected, Canada's number one tech show. We are the most listened to technology show here in the country, and uh, we've got a great program ahead for you. We'll be talking about the Google class action lawsuit. We'll also be talking about how to understand what type of processor to buy for your laptop. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, giving away a Samsung Galaxy A51 smartphone. Go to the newsletter tab, subscribe to win. If you're from Toronto, or the surrounding areas, tell us where you're uh, listening from. We've got an extra little uh, contest for you as well. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected, Mike and John here in studio. If you've been following the news in the past week, you might have read somewhere that uh, Google is being sued in three provinces in Canada here, including British Columbia, Ontario, and Quebec. And for a variety of different reasons. And we're going to dive into this and, and find out why. And I'm pretty excited. We've got a really great guest on the line. His name is Greg McMullen. Uh, he is uh, with Greg McMullen Law. And he is uh, one of the fellows and law firms uh, that uh, has initiated this lawsuit. Greg, thanks for joining us today. Hi, it's a real pleasure. Uh, so 
I just want uh, to get right down to the, the brass tacks here. Uh, from a legal perspective, uh, you were one of the persons uh, that has actually initiated this. On what grounds are you suing Google? Uh, so the claim is being brought by a group of law firms across the country, uh, as you said, uh, here in BC, in Ontario, and in Quebec, uh, advancing kind of a national class of people who have, uh, we say, had their data collected by Google without their knowledge or consent. Uh, so the claim alleges invasions of privacy under various provincial laws, uh, trespass under common law across the country, and violations of federal con competition law as well as provincial consumer protection law. On a variety of fronts, it sounds like. I mean, yeah. why, why are you doing this? Did you wake up one morning and like, I oh, God, I hate Google. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take them down. No, I, I actually really like Google. I use Google every day. Uh, I rely on it pretty heavily to find the information that I need. Um, what I don't like is the fact that this information is, uh, we're alleging, being collected without people knowing about it. Uh, tracking their movements across the internet and building these really in-depth personal profiles of uh, people's demographic information, of things like uh, their age group, their gender, where they're based, uh, but then also really sensitive stuff like their hobbies, their interests, uh, their sexual orientation. Um, and we think that this is uh, just a bridge too far. I think, Greg, your Google stuff's going to stop working pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't had any problems yet. <laughs> um, don't we already know this, though, Greg? Like, I, I, I have this assumption that they're just taking all that information. They're giving me all this free web search. Uh, and in, in return, I know nothing's free. I know they're collecting information on me. Right. So I think everyone has some sort of sense that there is some kind of data being collected, like if you go to Google to do a search, uh, you're searching for, say, a new refrigerator, you buy your refrigerator, and then ads for refrigerators follow you for the next uh, six months. But I, I think what we're really upset about here is the fact that we don't really have a choice about this. No matter whether you use Google or not, uh, information is being collected whether you use Google services as you travel across the internet. And the, the claim alleges that Google is actually quite deceptive about the way that it goes about this. And the consent that people, Google will say, gives, uh, we say that that consent can't actually be valid. And why is that? Uh, it comes down to the way that Google represents how they do data collection. So the, the claim alleges that Google presents all of these different choices. They say, well, you can... Uh, you can turn on incognito mode or you can use do not track. Uh, do not track is actually a great example of this. Uh, do not track was implemented in Google Chrome, Google's web browser. Uh, so it looks like you have this really nice option where you can tell websites not to track you. But Google hasn't actually implemented do not track in its ad tech stack. So on one side, they're telling you, uh, we'll, let you we'll let you tell ads not to follow you across the internet. But then on the other side, doing exactly that. And I think that's kind of the interesting angle that the this particular suit is claiming is that even if you've opted out of, you know, uh, like a Google sign-in somewhere, you're still being tracked and they're still creating internal profiles 
about you uh, that they can use for their own advertising means that you really have no choice to to opt out of because this is all part of the uh, Google Analytics system that's tracking all your your web movements uh, as you go around because almost every website uses Google to track those but things. Wouldn't the onus be on the the website owner then? Like if um, the Gap dot com is using Google Analytics, isn't that their problem then, or is it Google's? Well, Google is complicit for sure in okay. this, and they're providing the service that that all these companies use, us included. Uh, we, we use Google Analytics on our website, so we can see who's coming to our site, so we can make the content better. Uh, but other companies use it to sell you more, whatever. So, Greg, I mean, this is a, a pretty big undertaking. Uh, what do you hope to get out of it? Are, are you looking for money? Are you looking for them to change their ways? Uh, we would definitely like uh, them to change their ways. I think uh, the the claim actually asks for an injunction to say that you should probably stop breaking the law uh, in the ways that we've alleged that they do. I think there should also be uh, remedies for the violations that have gone on. Uh, there's a number of different claims here and each of them gives uh, typically financial remedies to the people who've been harmed. I, did I read somewhere that uh, the Quebec lawsuit was looking for $50 million? Is that correct? Uh, I'm not quite sure what damages the Quebec suit is seeking. Uh, we haven't actually stated a number for what uh, what damages we think are probably owing. And how has this had any precedent? Like, what about other countries? Uh, ha- has anyone else taken them to task for this? Uh, there's a similar class action under or proposed class action, I should say, underway in the United States, where they are focusing more on uh, incognito mode and do not track. So kind of a more limited claim than than the one that we're advancing. Um, and the European Union, of course, has always been pretty uh, on top of things with respect to Google and data privacy. Uh, I don't, there haven't been the, the system works a bit differently there. It's the data protection offices in Europe that actually kind of advance these claims there. So the class action thing hasn't happened there, but uh, the same issues are certainly being addressed. Uh, obviously you're gonna be optimistic about this, but like really what are your chances of this advancing? Like the next step is to have it uh, classified as a class action. Like what, what are the odds? Like what percentage chance are you giving for that? Uh, we don't really like to give percentage chances. I think uh, we have a pretty good shot at getting the action certified. Yeah, I think uh, I think when it certainly advances new arguments in law, uh, so it's it's far from a sure thing. But I think uh, it's it's time. These companies that do data collection, uh, Google is of course just one of them. Uh, there is there is five five companies really that are kind of huge and. Uh, controlling the tech sector. And I think there's issues with all of them in different ways. The data issues with Google, though, I think are especially ripe for ripe for uh, being addressed now. We're talking with Greg McMullen. He is uh, with Greg McMullen Law. He is uh, launching a lawsuit uh, against Google for a number of uh, privacy information uh, issues uh, that uh, he's identified and hoping to get that into a class action lawsuit. Uh, where can people find more information about you, uh, Greg, and what you're up to here before Google takes you off the internet? 
Uh, well, I'm, I really don't think that that's going to be the case. I think uh, that that might even be a, a bit too far for anyone. So hope, hopefully I'm right on that. Yeah. Uh, they can find me at gregmcmullen.net and they can learn more about the action at branchmcmaster.com uh, where all of the, uh, it's another one of the firms involved and uh, more information about the claim and uh, the various court filings will be posted there at some point. Thanks for joining us today, Greg. Thank you for having me. We're also giving away a great prize this week. Couple, depending where you're from. Uh, for everyone, it's Samsung Galaxy A51 smartphone. You can go to the newsletter tab at getconnectedmedia.com and enter there. If you are from Toronto, and uh, welcome our new Toronto listeners on Toronto 640, tell us where you're entering from when you're filling out the contest form and you get an extra chance to win one of these phones just for the Toronto folks. Just kind of a welcome to our, uh, our, our new listeners. When we come back from the break, we've got a lot more to talk about here on Get Connected. Uh, we'll be chatting with the folks over at Intel about how to choose the right processor and computer. I know I get confused even when I go into a computer store trying to figure out what all the different processors mean. Well, we'll demystify that for you. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected, Mike and John here. Well, if you are in the market for a new desktop or laptop computer, you're obviously uh, either getting that online or going into a computer store of some type, but sometimes it's confusing. Uh, you know, I know, even for myself, I've been in the tech game for a long time, uh, there are like a lot of different processors on these different laptops and uh, PCs. Well, we're gonna hopefully demystify that a little bit to help you understand which one is the right one for you today. We've got a great guest. Her name is Lisa McManus. She is an account executive over at Intel. Well, let's just kind of get into it. And we're gonna use some techie terms here and hopefully we can uh, talk in plain English as well as we're going along. When people are looking at uh, a computer, whether that's uh, online or in a computer store, you know, obviously the processor is an important component of it. It's basically kind of the brains and the power behind, uh, you know, the uh, the computer that uh, you're looking at. Uh, so what are some of the kind of the, uh, the base processors that people are looking at right now? Yeah, I'd say, you know, um, we sort of have a step-up version, let's say. So, you know, for folks that are doing buying Chromebooks for kids at school, that's very simple use. We have Pentium and Celeron. And then as you get a little more complex, you sort of amp up the power of the CPUs. You would look at an i3. And then if you get more into the gaming side and maybe a lot of multitasking, you're looking at an i5 or an i7. And we even have an i9, which is like for the super duper gamers. So there's a lot out there and it is challenging, but we can make it simple. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think, uh, you know, when you talk about i3, i5, i7, i9, uh, I think mm -hmm. people can wrap their heads around that. Obviously, the higher the number, the faster it's going to be. So let's talk about, uh, you mentioned the i3, i5, i7 are probably kind of more of the common ones. What's mm -hmm. what's kind of the middle of the road? Uh, and when I say middle of the road, what's the, the one that I think most people would be looking for? Like if you're a student or uh, someone just wanting to get some, some work done, like word processing, spreadsheets, uh, you know, looking at photos, emails, that kind of stuff, web surfing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would say that, that you know, the most popular one is probably a, a Core i5 device. So Core i5 is sort of that, that middle ground where you can get very powerful Core i5 devices so that if you're multitasking, like you said, you know, if you think of your PC, when you look at the bottom, the bottom, um, row and you can see windows you can or sorry you can see outlook you can see um powerpoint you can see adobe you've got a lot of stuff running right so 
for most folks, they may not realize it, but they actually use a lot of computing power. So an i5 is a really good place to be because it's enough powerful enough to really help you do that multitasking, enough cores, enough threads. So I think that you know would be a go-to for most folks these days. Uh, and so then as you kind of move up, i7 uh, gives you a little bit more power. I, I would imagine that probably be a little bit better for gaming and if you wanted to get into things like graphics and, and video editing. Anytime you do editing, like photo editing, video editing, or if you want to say you want to play stream at the same time, like you're playing, you want to stream your play, you know, you do need a little more complex power. So that's where you'd look at the higher end i5s, but i7 is probably the right place for you, particularly if you're a gamer, you know, amazing on AAA games. Um, and then the i9 is that sort of super bump. But I would say that's a great point to be that if you're a gamer, you want a really good CPU that's going to allow you a lot of frames per second, which for gamers out there, they know that's super important. And we just introduced a new one that's had a huge jump in two times frames per second. So that's that's an important part if you're a gamer for sure. So we were talking uh, uh, again about Intel processors, uh, the i5s, which kind of I think are probably for most people out there for you know normal use. Uh, is there a price yep. range for these computers? And I know it varies uh, depending on you know how big the storage drive is and you know big the screen is and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say that you're probably looking starting maybe about five ninety nine, six forty nine. That's probably you know a sweet spot between five ninety nine, let's say six ninety nine. You get a lot of choices from all the vendors, like so the HPs, the Lenovo's, Dell's, Acer, Asus's of the world. You're going to get an option there and. It's a really good point you brought up because folks may not always realize that, you know, sometimes when there's an extra, you know, a little higher price point, you're getting different technology. You're getting maybe an extra, you know, um, larger memory or a, a bigger SSD. So it's important to look at the configuration when you're making your decision. You know, when we get into the i7s and i9s, those are typically those computers, laptops, desktops are in the $1,000 plus range, I imagine, right? Back to school is a great time. We've seen, and last holiday, we've even seen i7s starting at some days on Black Friday deals for like $7.99. So you really, if you're a good shopper and you keep your eyes out there, um, you can definitely get versions from $800 and up. I always tell people to buy whatever you can afford. And if you can, just go a little bit higher because that's only gonna just make that laptop or device last longer uh, if you get a little bit more power behind it. How long should people expect computers to last now? Right now, you see folks pulling out devices that are five years old because they need five, because everybody's home or working from home. So, you know, while the devices last, what changes is technology. So I would say, you know, you're going to get probably two or three years out of a device and be very happy with the performance. However, you know, once you go beyond that, the technology really continues to evolve. So it's important to really look at what you have and target two or three years. But um, past that, then you start to get impacted by, you know, the beautiful streaming that we have today is different than it was five years ago or four years ago. So that should really drive you your experience. But yeah, two to three years, I think, is a great, great return on investment. Okay, so we've talked about some of these um, these processors from Intel, uh, you know, the i3, i5, i7, and i9, but there's another uh, designation on these as well, like what generation they are. And I think the current one's been the 10th generation, but uh, you guys have now announced the 11th generation of some of these chips. 
Yeah, it's really exciting for us. So for notebooks, we're on the 11th generation. For desktops, we're on the 10th generation. So the 11th generation just literally launched September 2nd. So super exciting. We'll be seeing it in, in retail in, in, at Christmas time. But um, some amazing you know, improvements uh, to the 11th gen. What we've got now is a 20% productivity increase, which means you can do thing, more things faster. So really incredible, 20% is really a huge jump for CPUs. You know, video improvement. So as everyone's doing videos, whether it's to keep in touch or work or play, we've got, you know, improved background blurring. We've got improved um, uh, noise reduction, noise management, as well as um, better microphone speakers, you know, Thunderbolt 4 is one of the key features for um, the 11th gen. And as you guys know, a Thunderbolt 4 basically covers all elements of the past types of Thunderbolts and uh, all the USB um, connectivities, right? Thunderbolt basically simplifies everything, one connector for everything. And then there's Wi-Fi 6. So as you're streaming and playing, if you have a Wi-Fi 6 enabled router, you get much better three times as fast basically connectivity so it just changes your experience altogether you know for those that are creative folks video um, editing is two times faster photo editing almost three times faster and as you mentioned it supports 8k display now so we've got 8k displays out there 11 gen helps you to manage that as well it allows for four 4k videos to be attached or sorry the um, displays to be attached at one time so I've got two right now. I don't know how many you guys have, but 11 Gen allows four 4K displays. Are you Pretty throwing? Cool, are you throwing right? down right now, Lisa? That's what that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. The uh, the ultimate uh, Uber nerd, uh, uh, Lisa. That's um, you mentioned a bunch of things in these processes right now, which I think a lot of people don't think about. Uh, you know, you're talking about the 11th generation of uh, laptop processors from Intel. You've got things that built in there like the Wi-Fi and, and the graphics mm -hmm. are all kind of part of the package now. That's right. Actually, the 11th gen, we've introduced Intel Iris XE graphics. So, uh, you know, it's a really greatly enhanced graphics, um, integrated graphics solution. Um, but yeah, it is. It, you're right. It's all part of it, right? All those elements of what people use every day is generally driven by the CPU design. So it's a great point, you know, for gamers, for example, like this 11th gen is two times the performance, right? And sometimes gamers may not, I mean, hardcore gamers would know that, but for everyday gamers, they may not realize that how important the CPU is, right? So yeah, everything, the graphics has been incredibly improved, even power consumption, right? Like all the developments, we obviously work with all our partners, all the manufacturers, but it's a joint co-engineering effort and it really does make a big difference these days. We're talking with Lisa McManus from Intel, all about Intel processors, how to choose them uh, when you're hitting the computer store. A uh, lot to think about there, Lisa. I want to thank you for helping uh, talk through some of this stuff and uh, hopefully demystifying it for uh, the listeners out there. Thanks again for joining us, Lisa. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me and stay safe. We come back from the break. More tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Stay tuned uh, tomorrow for our sister show, The App Show, where we're going to be going uh, in depth on all the Apple announcements uh, this week, including the new watches, the iPads, the subscription services. Uh, we thought we'd do a quick roundup right now, though. Yeah, well, one thing we didn't really talk about uh, tomorrow is what 
we're personally interested in. Yes. Right? The watches are cool. I already have a Apple Watch Series 5. Yeah. So I'm not going to be upgrading. Spoiler alert. To the alert. new 6. Yeah. Yeah. But what really was caught my eye was the new uh, bands that they have. <laughs> you're just you're just excited about the watch bands. Well, the the thing is it gives you an it gives you an option to refresh your watch yeah. with a new band and they have this new design that's really quite quite clever. The solo band. The solo loop band and then the braided solo loop band. Like a one-piece band, no clasps or anything. That's right. You pull it on like a bracelet. Yeah. Which I don't know if that'll be good or not. Like huh? you know, do you remember those old bands that kind of stretch the metal ones? Yeah. With your old Timex watch? I hated those because it used to get caught in my arm hair. Yeah, totally. Uh, these don't have that same kind of the kinks there, but uh, you have to you have to pick the right size. Though. How many sizes are there? 12? 12 different sizes. And so to do that, you've got to download a piece of paper. There's a PDF you have to download. You print it out, and it, it looks like a ring sizer. And you wrap it around your wrist after you cut it out. You may have to make sure that the PDF is not scaled in any way. Um, as we'll be talking about... On because the, that won't happen. Right. Yeah. Well, and not everyone's printer is the same. So, yeah. But at least it gives you an idea. But I think what most people will probably do is just try it on in a store. Which, in COVID land, I don't know how they're going to do that. I guess dip it in sanitizer afterwards. Just drink some, some Lysol. Yeah. Like Trump. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I really like that. I, what I didn't like though was the price. the 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 solo loop is itself is fifty nine bucks, which is pretty average for uh, an Apple band. Yeah. But then the braided one is a hundred and twenty dollars. It's twice as much. Well, I guess you can wait for the Chinese knockoffs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They'll be a little bit cheaper. I'm excited about the subscription services they announced. Yeah, you haven't stopped talking about it. <laughs> well, I just think it's like, well, because I'm already spending stupid amounts of money with Apple already, right? Yeah. So I'm subscribing to a family plan on Apple Music. I've got uh, various cloud, iCloud monthly subscriptions that are adding up on there as well. Well, it definitely seems like these bundles, even if you're not currently subscribed to a couple of these services. Yeah you get so much more for basically less money than you would be paying. Yes. And I know Graham's going to go into his sort of shopping list of uh, what he's currently paying for and how much he's actually going to be saving on the app show tomorrow. So so here's the thing. They're, they've announced a really big one, the new Fitness Plus. Yeah. And this is kind of exciting for me. It's $10 a month. It works in conjunction with your Apple Watch and any Apple device, iPhone, iPad, Apple TV. And you can watch streaming video workouts from beginner to advanced treadmills stationary bikes uh weights dance yoga and chasing your dog chasing your you're good at that yes um chasing your dog chasing my dog so that's kind of appealing uh so right now i'm spending 15 bucks a month on apple music i want to get that fitness subscription that's another 10 bucks and but then they've got a package now coming this fall I think it's thirty two bucks. Thirty two ninety thirty three ninety nine, I think. Thirty three ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. And so for a family and you get six accounts. And you get Apple Music, you get their T V plus subscription service. You also get Apple Arcade. You get two terabytes of iCloud storage for the whole family. You get News Plus. And I don't think a lot of people know about News Plus. It's a really cool subscription service that gives you a bunch of newspapers like the Globe and Mail, the Star. 
Wall Street Journal and dozens of magazines. Yeah. Like popular magazines that you can read on any of your devices. That, what I'm curious about though, because last year when you bought a new iPhone, mm-hmm. they gave you, or any Apple device, you got Apple TV Plus free for a year. Yes. I wonder if that's going to go away going forward. Well, I think what they'll do is they'll probably get you into one of these plans. Do you well, know what I mean? Y- yeah. That makes sense. And it's probably going to be time to only start up when everyone else's Apple TV Plus is ending. So basically, they'll still have the subscriber base. Yeah. Because you're, it's basically free with the bundle, you know. Yeah. So, so that premier package, music, TV, arcade, iCloud, News Plus, and Fitness Plus, uh, which is coming later in 2020, thirty three ninety five for the entire family. For six people. For six people to have all of that. Can you just add me to yours? No. I got one of my dogs. <laughs> He's got a very particular set of playlists on Apple Music he, right. he wants. Uh, but it's not bad value. No, I mean, when you add up all the things, uh, you can probably save 20 or 30 bucks a month if you have all those on a family plan. Yeah. So that's the premier version. They do have a family plan version as well for $20.95 a month. Uh, that includes music, TV+, arcade, and iCloud. Yeah. That was not as compelling to me. No, because basically for, well... Basically, for the price of the Fitness Plus, you get News Plus for free. Yeah. So, And you also get two terabytes in the Premiere versus 200 gigs on iCloud. We're going to have to take a break. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, giving away a Samsung Galaxy A51. Go there, enter. Good chance to win. We'll see you after the break. Well, that looks like... Uh most of the time we have left for the program. I want to thank you for tuning in today. also want to thank our new Toronto listeners. We're excited to have you on board. We want you to visit the website as well. It's getconnectedmedia.com. Lots of great stuff up there, including all our audio and video podcasts of uh, this show. Also, our sister show, The App Show, which is also on Toronto 640 uh, as well. It's a great program all about mobile tech, smartphones, and the best apps for uh, all your devices, whether that's your phone, your TV, your car, your tablet, your computer, everything's got apps now. Uh, again, I want to throw uh, out to our contest. We're giving away a Samsung Galaxy A51 smartphone. This is a beautiful phone from Samsung. Latest Android phone, beautiful camera. If you want a chance to win, hit the website, getconnectedmedia.com. And we've got a secret contest. That's right. Just make sure that you let us know how you heard uh, about us when you were doing your subscription. And if you're in the Toronto area, you'll be entered into a secondary draw. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank everyone that helps put the show together. Of course, John, uh, my co-host and producer, uh, Christina, our other main producer, and of course, Stephen uh, back at the ranch who somehow puts us all together for the the website and the, the video podcasts. We'll see you again next time.